Hello everyone, my name is Keandre Walker. Welcome to Headspace Heaven Podcast, where we speak about entrepreneurship, following your dreams, and bettering yourself as a person. Knowing that you are more than what you are being paid for. There is more to be talked about that others aren't speaking on. With knowing that you can do anything in this world to make income. So don't sell yourself short when you will you will feel regret. If you do not follow your dreams. Because once you don't follow your dreams, later on down the line, you will feel that you have wronged yourself. Um, press forward is something that you have to strive. And some people tell you to not go on with whatever you are wanting to do in your life because they think if you feel the failure the first time, it'll hurt you. It'll haunt you. There are so many times I have had failure becoming an entrepreneur it made me stronger. It made me better as a person. Knowing that failure breeds success. With the way the world is now, the currency is changing. Life will be different Before you know it, everything will not be the way it is now. So press forward. Each day you wake up, you set a goal, you set a standard to show that everyone's limits are not your limits. Everyone's 100% is not your 100%. Don't let other people's limitations limit what you can do. Because there are many things that I have done that people said I couldn't do. There are many things that I have accomplished that people said I wouldn't accomplish. I am here to tell you and let you know that you are greater than what they say you are. Never let nobody talk down on you as if you are less than. Let them know you are the greatest creation on this planet. There is 
a problem solver for any problem in America. We have great creatives out here in the world. And you always have to know to follow your dreams. Never let nobody steer you wrong. Never let nobody let have you led astray. Because you are enough. Knowing that this world that we live in, there's more to this world that meets the eye. So press forward. Like, you are better. You are the greatest. If you think you're not, you're wrong. There's no left, there's no right. There's a truth to every situation that comes your way. If you think you are not greater than, I'm sorry, but somebody has lied to you. Never let nobody tell you that you suck, you stink, you're the worst. There's always somebody who's the worst. There's so many people who have created so many jobs from being the worst. There's some some of the greatest entrepreneurs got fired. But them being fired didn't hold them up, didn't hold them back. There is a genius in all of us. Albert Einstein is not the only genius. He wasn't the only genius. There are geniuses being created each and every day. And just for you to know, to keep on achieving your goals, show support to your communities, let them know that you care, and to let everybody in the world know that you show love and appreciation for them being here. So, my name is Keandre Walker. And I will tell you a little story about myself. I became an entrepreneur at the age of 16 years old. I moved from Hot Springs, Arkansas. That was where, that's my hometown. I live in Louisville, Kentucky. Happily married with a beautiful wife. And there are some things that they said I couldn't do, and I did it. They said I couldn't create a podcast. I did it. They said I couldn't create a website. I did it. 
They said I couldn't start a business. I did it. Never let nobody tell you what you can't do. So when they tell you, when they tell you what they can do, that shows you their limitations, not your limitations. So learn to meditate. Learn to pray for a better understanding on what you need to be focused on. Life will be better. Life is an abundance of joy that we walk this earth breathing. So I'm going to let you in on one thing. If you have an idea, that idea could break the barriers of what is going on with your family. You could be the one to break the generational curses. You could be the one to show them that there's another way to live. It's another way to make income. There is a better way of showing how the world could be made anew. If you want to know how to keep following your dreams, if you want to be an entrepreneur, if you want to take that leap of faith, do it. Because if you do not take that leap of faith now, you will be mad as can be to yourself. So in this month of May, in this month of May, each day there will be an admiration, an affirmation to show that you are the one to break the ice. You are the one to show that you are meant to be here. So, if you want to show support to the podcast, my cash app is the cat the dollar sign y i t o c o s o to help donate to the podcast i will be creating these day by day and just to make it even better for you i will have the first 7 for the month of May. My name is Keandre Walker. Lovely to meet you here at Headspace Heaven Podcast. And if you have anything to talk about, you want to discuss, email me at wasnevermedia at gmail.com. 
and go to my YouTube channel, Headspace Heaven Podcast, or you are the next best thing. You are the next, you're, you are the next best thing on this earth. If you think you're not the best, you're not thinking big enough. Think big. I'm trying to work on generational curses being broken. So, let's all come together as one. And let's all have a good day. Have a good one. Have a safe May month. We're going to have some fun. Congratulations, making it this far. Hello, everyone. How y'all doing today? Keandre Walker is in the building. Let's make some noise. Headspace Heaven, a.k.a. Key Knows Best. Why haven't I seen this in the news? The topic is, after killing two people, a woman laughs. Plays dumb. Ask about her car in school. What is going on in America that is making the world shift this way? This was given to us May 4th by M. Dowling. This month, a 10th Circuit Court judge sentenced a Farmington woman who pleaded guilty to killing two pedestrians while driving drunk. While driving drunk. If this was a black man, he would have gotten more time. She drove drunk last April to 14 years in prison. After killing them, she laughed sang, played dumb, and never asked about the victims. How cynical is that? To not ask about the people you just hit? Are we serious? Then, Judge Tim Cusack says, Our system is based on punishment and rehabilitation. That's a lie. Mr. Cusack, you know it's not based on punishment and rehabilitation. You know it's not. Thursday, as he sentenced Stephanie Megosa, she's 24. She did two counts of aggravated DUI and two counts of aggravated reckless driving. She said, I have to balance those two. What is the appropriate punishment in order to deter other people? And what is the rehabilitative quality of the person that's being sentenced? All of these sentencings are subjective. That's what it seems to me. Melgoza pleaded guilty in February to four felony charges. Four lesser charges were dismissed in exchange for the guilty plea. 
How did she get a plea and she never cared about the victims? She was drunk. She made a song. She laughed. She played dumb. She played dumb. According to the reports from the East Peora Police Department, Magolda struck and killed Andrea Rosewick, 43, of Avon, Ohio, and Paul Perrant, 55, of Seattle, near the Full Throttle Bar in East Peoria. The During Thursday's hearing, Melgoza expressed deep remorse over her decision to drink and drive and the fatal results of that decision. The people who are drinking and driving need to have their licenses taken from them. And, and Magoza, the one who sang, the one who laughed, the one who made fun of the situation, not pay, paying attention to the victim, she all of a sudden says, I'm so sorry for everything, and I will never, ever commit anything like that again, she said. I have not drank since that day. Wow, one day? One day? She said, I do not plan on drinking ever again. I want to try to do something positive to make a difference. Speak out about this and warn others about the dangers that come with drinking. We know the dangers of drinking. We know the dangers of smoking. But if everybody in America stopped drinking and smoking, those brands go bankrupt. They go bankrupt. The night of the killing, Miss Magoza showed no remorse. So if she showed no remorse, but she felt sorry for everything she did, was it really heartfelt? Was it, she was drunk, 2.64, but was very concerned about her car and getting to school. She was more worried about her car and getting to school. More than the people that she hit. Who cares about your car? Who cares about school? These buildings will stay here. These cars will stay here. Somebody else will own your vehicle whenever she passes away. She never asked about the victims, but she felt sorry. It's shocking. Watch her reaction that night after killing two people whose families were devastated. I'm stunned that someone could be this heartless and cold. Oh, hey, you never answered me about my car. I was speeding my own, so how did I get my car? Well, your car is totaled. That's what? Your car is totaled. Totaled? Totaled? Totaled, wrecked. Okay, so how do I do it? You don't. 
This woman is more worried about getting to school on time. She's more worried about working for the man. She's not worried about what she did. She's intoxicated. She can't put it in her mind that, oh, I did bad things. Her face is not changing while this man is telling her, you killed two people. You're not understanding why you killed two people. This is why you are at where you at now. She worried about going to school. You're not getting your car out of inbound. Did you just hear what I just told you? You said I'm not going tomorrow. I'm talking about two Did you hear what I said? You said you're going to jail tomorrow. Did you, you're going to jail right when we're down here? Yes. Did you understand what I told you? You killed two people tonight? Yeah, so I'm just wondering when I can go to school. She is focused on going to school other than what she just did. What is wrong in America that says, hey, I'm worried about going to school. This is what happens when people are indoctrinated in the society. She's more worried about school than what she just did. Like, what? Okay, we're done. She receives 14 years sentence for a fatal DUI crash. She had no love to show. Your own body can be completely careless about killing two people tonight. You could care less. That's sad and pathetic and horrible all at the same time. Can you say that? Yes, ma'am, I can. Okay, so can I ask? The last thing she said was, okay, so can I ask where I can go back to school? She's more worried about school. School doesn't matter. Once you leave high school, the things they teach you in high school you never really use it. You never really use it. I never use trigonometry. I never use calculus. I never use history. I never use science. I never use none of that stuff I learned in school. School is to indoctrinate you into society to mess with your brain to make it seem as if you are a yes man. Like, are we serious? And then she's like smiling. In the, she's like smiling. It says video, a full video of the happy killer. That's crazy. 
That's crazy. That's crazy. On to the next topic. The next topic of the day, NY bans gas, other fossil fuels in most homes and buildings. On May 2nd, the New York legislator passed a state budget that bans natural gas and other fossil fuels in most new homes and buildings. Individual cities or counties cannot overrule it, but give special exemptions to manufacturing facilities, restaurants, hospitals, and car washes. Republicans plan to sue, pointing to a Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals ruling that undid a similar ban in Berkeley, California. The massive win for climate extremists puts New York as the first state in the country to initiate such a ban. The Washington Post report late Tuesday, the New York legislator approved a $229 billion state budget that will ban natural gas hookups and other fossil fuels in most new homes and other construction. A major victory for climate activists. The move which will likely face a court challenge from the fossil fuel industry will serve as a test of states' power to ban fossil fuels. Outright, then simply encouraging developers to build low-carbon buildings. The law effectively requires all electric heating and cooking in new buildings. Shorter than seven stories by 2026 and in 2029 for taller buildings. And although it allows exemptions from manufacturing facilities, restaurants, hospitals, and even car washes, the measure does not do what some climate activists have feared. Give cities and counties license to override the ban. They think this will force alternative alternative energy and even though it's nowhere near ready. Remember how the left, including Morning Joe, insisted it was a conspiracy theory? Conspiracy theories to say they would ban gas stoves? The Manhattan Contrarian writes, it's obvious to any person with the faculty of critical thinking that intermittent renewable green energy will never work to power a modern economy. So as various U.S. states and foreign countries press forward on their crash programs to go fully green with their electricity generation, the next obvious question immediately arises who will be to to hit who will be first to hit the green energy wall? That is, which states or countries will be the first to find that without 
enough reliable generation, it's electricity system no longer works. And how will that impact the population? The contrarian examines what similar efforts have done to California and Germany. Go here to find out what it has done to South Africa. In short, it makes poor people poorer. As Syracuse.com writes, this is only the beginning and it will get worse. They plan to push U.S. into 100% electrification. They will go further and find a way to redistribute the wealth. Have the state provide subsidies, more people will free will flee New York. Syracuse.com says the grid will face challenges. The challenge is it can it can't handle all these homes and cars on the electric only. They had they add the cost. They add that the cost will end up in electric bills with subsidies, aka wealth re redistribution. Naturally, the left is also destroying trains too. They plan to ban non-electric trains. Everything in America is about to go electric. Our currency is changing. Everything is about to make a turn and make a shift. It's about to get crazy, people. So stay tuned and let's have a good one. Peace. Hello, everyone. How y'all doing today? Keandre Walker, Headspace Heaven Podcast, a.k.a. Key Knows Best. Listen, what are we doing out here, Louisville? What are we doing out here? Louisville? McDonald's owners are being fined after minors, including 10 years old, found working illegally. First of all, the where are the parents? Which parents made it seem feasible for this to happen? What 10-year-old is working at McDonald's? This has to be a franchisee. This is her. This is putting a blemish on McDonald's name. McDonald's name. The U.S. Department of Labor is finding two Louisville-based McDonald's franchisees more than 60,000 after it found a number of minors working an illegal number of hours. Why is there 10 years working there as late as 2 a.m.? One franchisee hired two 10-year-olds to work as late as 2 a.m. This report released on May the 2nd claimed three Kentucky McDonald's franchisees were found with multiple violations of federal labor laws. The three separate franchisees Bauer Food LLC out of Louisville, Archways Richwood LLC out of Walton, Bell Restaurant Group LLC out of Louisville, 
had employed a total of 305 children working more than the legally permitted hours. What is this? What kind of slavery is this? The franchisees were also found having minor perform. They, they had these minors performing tasks prohibited by law for young workers. The U.S. Department of Labor confirmed. Look, Bauer Food LLC owned 10 McDonald's locations, employed 24 minors under the age of 16 to work more than legally permitted hours set by wage and hour division. How did this go for so long for him to hire these minors? Y'all just now picking it up? The franchisee had employed two 10-year-old children at one location who worked unpaid. First of all, you had young kids working McDonald's and you didn't pay them? They working for free? Just so you ain't got to pay a worker? How could you? So... The children were found preparing and distributing food orders, cleaning the store, working the drive through window, and operating the register. The U.S. Department of Labor, of Labor said one of the two 10-year-olds was also allowed to, to operate the deep fryer. These are 10-year-old kids. Why are they operating these contraptions so this is prohibited this this was a prohibited tax for workers under 16 you got to be 16 or older to work on these contraptions too often employers fail to follow the child labor laws that protect young workers Wage and Hour Division District Director Karen Garnett Civils in Louisville, Kentucky said, under no circumstances should there ever be a 10-year-old child working in a fast food kitchen around hot grills, ovens, and deep fryers. Where's the parents at? They are at fault as well that their kids work here. Are you serious? Bauer Food LLC was fined $39,711 in penalties to address the child labor violations. An owner and operator of the McDonald's restaurant in question reached back to Wave News to clarify the incident involving 10-year-old Singh working within the restaurant. His statement said the children were a night were a night manager and that they were visiting a parent, which was not approved by the franchisee organization to be in that area of the restaurant. Well, hold up. His statement said the children were a night managers. So you had a you had a child as a night manager and. He said, any work 
was done at the direction of and in the presence of the parent without authorization by franchisee organization management or leadership. His statement continues. So basically, the owner of McDonald's went past the parent. He just authorized it automatically. He just authorized it automatically without giving the parent consent. The restaurant, the restaurant said it has taken steps to ensure the restaurant's policy involving the child, children visiting a parent or guardian is clear to all employees. The other Louisville-based franchisee, Bell Restaurant Group LLC, owns four McDonald's locations and is part of a larger enterprise operating an additional 20 locations in Maryland, Indiana, and Kentucky. The franchisee had hired 39 workers between the ages of 14 and 15 and had them work outside of permitted hours for more hours than the law permits. What? The release states children had worked more than the daily weekly and weekly limits during the school days and school weeks and the employer allowed two children to work during school hours. What? In addition, the employer was also found not paying workers the overtime wages they were due. So Bell Restaurant Group was fined $29,267 for child labor penalties and $14,730 for back wages and liquidated damage for 58 workers. The Walton-based operator Archways Richwood LLC had allowed 242 minors between 14 and 15 to work beyond permitted hours and was fined $143,566 for child labor violations. We are seeing an increase in federal child labor violations, including allowing minors to operate equipment or handle types of work that endangers them or employs them for more hours or later in the day than federal law allows. I don't know what's going on in America. I don't know what's going on in Louisville, Kentucky. These new owners is getting different. I'm seeing an increase in the federal child labor violations. Uh, an employer who hires young workers must know the rules. An employer, parent, or young worker with questions can contact us for help understanding their obligations and rights under the law. This is crazy. Uh the U.S. Department of Labor said in 2022 it had found a total of 688 minors employed illegally in hazardous occupations, including a 15-year-old who was injured using a deep fryer at a McDonald's in Morristown, Tennessee in June 2022. One child injury, one child injured at work is one too many. Child labor laws exist to ensure 
that when that when young people work, the job does not jeopardize their health, well-being, or education. Garnett Seville said. That is crazy. Next topic. The next topic of the day. Feds. They have seized more than 900 pounds of marijuana at UPS Worldport in Louisville. Story time. Let's do a story time real quick. My name is Keandre Walker. I used to work for UPS for five years. From 2007, from 2012 to 2017, from when I was making 850 in 2012, at the end, when I stopped working, I was making 15. That's crazy. I've never had any of this happen whatsoever. So, federal officials seized more than 900 pounds of marijuana from several boxes at UPS Worldport last week. UPS Worldport is located at the Louisville Muhammad Ali International Airport. According to a news release from U.S. Customs and Border Protection, 36 boxes on three pallets were, inter were intercepted by custom officials on Tuesday. The shipment originated in Canada and was bound for a corporation in California, according to the manifest. They contain ATF adapter kits, but officials said they identified an, an organic anomaly. As the packages were x-rayed, it was determined that they contained 909 pounds of marijuana. Our officers are focused on their mission to protect the United States, said LaFon D. Sutton Burke, who is the director of field operations for the U.S. Customs and Border Protection Chicago Field Office. Smugglers constantly try to send illegal drugs into the country, but our officers are there to stop these narcotics from reaching our communities. Federal officials estimate the value of the marijuana to be more than $2.27 CBP is responsible for ensuring that all goods entering and exiting the United States do so in accordance with all applicable U.S. law and regulations, said CBP Louisville Port Director Thomas Ma in a statement. Our officers and specialists in Louisville consistently display their quality training and commitment to the CBP mission. They are exceptional at what they do and are part of the best frontline defense in the world. The investigation has been turned over to the Homeland Security investigation. I don't know what's going on in America, but it's going crazy. Um, my name is Keandre Walker, Head Space Heaven Podcast, aka Key Knows Best. Subscribe to the podcast. Come shop at www.wasnevermedia.com to purchase the merch. This is all to help support the podcast. Let's have some fun.
And I'll come at you with the daily news. Have a good one. Have a good day. Have a blessed day. Hello, everyone. How y'all doing today? Keandre Walker is in the building. Here is a appreciation episode for Jack Harlow, Louisville artist. And he has been making some noise. And I'm trying to figure out why do some people hate Jack Harlow? I'm trying to figure that out. What I'm reading from Stereogum.com. It says, y'all shouldn't have let the world gas Jack Harlow. I'm going to tell you the truth. Out of every artist that has came out of Louisville, Jack Harlow is the main one that gives back to the city he's from. Because when Rondo became a basketball player, he didn't give back to Louisville. When Bryson Tiller went crazy on his first album, he didn't give back to Louisville. He only gave back one time. But Jack Harlow does it repeatedly. And so here it says, imagine being Jack Harlow. It shouldn't be too hard. I'm not, this is not me. This is somebody else saying this about Jack Harlow. They are saying that Jack Harlow is not special. Fundamentally, Harlow is just some guy. He's a reasonably talented, reasonably good-looking 23-year-old white guy from Kentucky. This sounds like a hater. He'll be 24 next week. Happy early birthday, Jack Harlow. Harlow is not a rap super superhero or a larger-than-life figure, and to his credit, he's never really tried to present himself as anything other than what he is. There are probably a million other people just like Jack Harlow, but those millions are not stars, and Jack Harlow has quick, quickly ascended to star status. How? Why? Hmm... How, you ask, on why Jack Harlow is where he's at? It's because of dedication, working on his craft, and getting himself seen out there. Then you say why? Everybody in America has the same 24 hours. You are in control of your 24 hours. So whatever you do in that 24-hour period is on you. If you don't choose to work on yourself, that's you. Then they said this column last look at Jack Harlow in the summer of 2020 when his first real hit, the All-Star What's Poppin' remix, this is false. That wasn't his first real hit. He said, had just slipped from his P position at two. And he said, a little while after that hit landed, Harlow released his major label debut, That's What They All Say, which quietly went platinum, but which didn't launch any of the big hits. 
that album comfortably established Jack Harlow as a part of the rap celebrity ecosystem. This type of artist who could fit in just fine on a DJ Khaled Posse cut or a Fast and Furious sequel soundtrack, if that had been Jack Harlow's ceiling, then it still would have been a triumph for a white rapper who used to look like a visual punchline. But that was not Jack Harlow's ceiling. Jack Harlow still has had places to go. Well, he's made songs with Big Sean. He's made songs with uh, ESTG, uh, Bryson Tiller, uh, Lil Wayne, The Baby, Tory Lanez. Um, Jack Harlow took fans to Louisville in They Don't Love It music video. He is, he is standing right in front of the school he went to. Jack Harlow brought fans to his hometown in his new They Don't Love It music video. The visuals featured the Derby City native taking viewers through the streets of Louisville, Kentucky in the new visual. Harlow takes it easy, visiting local schools, attending family barbecues, playing soccer, hanging out with friends are all are all on the itinerary. He is doing this repetitively. He is showing that even though he's a celebrity, quote unquote, he still is one of us. He doesn't want to make it seem as if he's a bug. Um, Jack Harlow, uh, this was directed by Eli Ford, the, uh, the, the music video, They Don't Love It, which was the first video from the 25-year-old's latest album, Jackman, which dropped last Friday. This lead single made waves shortly after the LP's release as the Grammy-nominated rapper made claims about his status in today's roster of white rappers. And then we have where Jack Harlow launched a foundation to get back to his hometown. He said he's ready to get back to his hometown May 3rd. He and his team announced the Jack Harlow Foundation, which, as explains via press release, will serve as the Louisville, Kentucky native, native primary philanthropic vehicle to reinvest, uplift, and support organizations aiming to make the city that raised him a better place. Harlow spoke on his intentions with the foundation in an attached statement with all I have done and will do in my career. My home is where my heart is, my refuge and the place that shaped me, he said. 
Giving back to Louisville represents the dream I have of making a difference. Knowing that this is just the start of my philanthropic legacy and I look forward to transforming our community and as a result, the success and happiness of its citizens. And to kick things off, the Jack Harlow Foundation announced four entities that will be receiving support. At the Alante Hispanic Achievers, Central Latino, Russell, a place of promise and sponsor for success. The launch of my foundation is represented by gifts to four organizations that I believe are doing the work of making Louisville a better place by helping under-resourced families remove obstacles to higher education. Supporting a new start in a neighborhood that has been lacking investment, giving hands-on assistance to the poor, the, to the poorest of the poor, and making safe housing affordable for families. Harlow further explained. And then, not long after the big announcement, the Churchill Down Star attended a ceremony to witness the unveiling of his hometown hero's banner, which was installed in his honor by the Greater Louisville Pride Foundation. He took to the podium during the, the event to thank the powers that be for the banner, which fans can find in Louisville on the corner of East Broadway and Baird Avenue. I feel so indebted to the city. It's not strategic that I shout this place out so much. It's part of my identity. So, so, we support you, Jack Harlow. Push the haters to the side. Keep doing what you need to do. Have a good one. Peace. Hey, what's good, people? What's going on? Keandre Walker is here today. Keys knows best. June 8th, 2023. University charges conservative students for damage caused by rioting leftists. This was in the University of Pittsburgh. They demanded conservative students to pay $18,000 in security and damages fees caused by a mob of 250 or 250 leftist pro protesters who rioted at their scheduled event. Oh, and the university incited the students. How do you incite the students for things they did not do? The Alliance Defending Freedom sent a demand letter to the school for charging the intercollegiate student, uh, the intercollegiate studies institute and the university's college Republicans chapter as a violation of their First Amendment rights. The school incited the students telling them to protest, charging students more than eighteen thousand to host. A to host a campus event is prohibitively 
expensive speech, not free speech, said ADF Senior Counsel Philip A. Selcher. It's bad enough that the University of Pittsburgh charged ISI and college Republicans in outrageous unconstitutional security fees simply out of fear about how others might react to a particular viewpoint. But it's worse that the university also encouraged students to disrupt the event and shut it down. This is exactly the type of suppression the First Amendment forbids. Implementing such security fees as part of an attempt to shut down a legitimate campus event is what known is what's known as heckler's veto, an action which unconstitutionally allows those who oppose certain speech to censor it simply by protesting it. We urge Pitt officials to swiftly rescind this unlawful fee and amend their policies to protect every student's freedom of speech. On April 18th, the students hosted the event. Should transgenderism be regulated by law? No, it shouldn't. Uh, The event was to include a moderated debate featuring speakers Michael Knowles and Brad Polumbo. In the letter, ADF notes that the university's own communications prior to the event incited many in the Pitt community to violence and substantially contributed to the disruption that caused the event to be prematurely terminated. For instance, on March 10th, the the university issued a press release calling the April 18th event toxic and hurtful for many people in our university community. On March 16th, Provost Ann Cudd referred to a recent speech by Knowles, a repugnant and hateful, a hateful rhetoric. In a message that she sent the Pitt community, and on April 14th, a professor advised her students that the theater arts department, along with many other departments, students, faculty, and staff at Pitt strongly condemns this event and has called on the university to cancel Knowles' appearance due to his history of spreading hate speech and inciting violence against trans people. She added, unfortunately, it looks as though the event is still scheduled to take place invited students to participate in several events planned for Tuesday, April 18th. In response to Noel's unwelcome presence on campus. Listen, I understand how people feel, but transgender 
don't fit. It don't fit. Once we come to realization, come to back to reality, that there's only two genders. It's not, there's male, female. There's no other gender. There's no other category to put a boy or a girl in. There's no third option. There's no fourth option. You be who you want to be. She added, unfortunately, it looks as though the event is still scheduled to take place. And invited students participate in several events planned for Tuesday, April 18th, in response to Knowles' unwelcome presence on campus. The police didn't even keep the street protected. The university allowed the rioters in close proximity. It wasn't the fault of the police. If y'all would understand that someone above the police is paying them to let the rioters do what they need to do. The same people paying the police are the same people paying the rioters. This is all being done by people that are of above our heads that we don't see. Um, whatever happened to logic, the ADF offers to let the university rescind its request to avoid a lawsuit. The university needs to demand money from the riders. And that's crazy. That is crazy. A world we live in. A world we live in. Oh, shoot, Biden. What you doing, Biden? Worried about China putting a spy station in Cuba, but not about our borders. Hmm. I wonder what you doing, Biden. According to the Wall Street Journal, China and Cuba have reached a secret agreement for China to establish an electronic eavesdropping facility on the island. Like, how does they have all this money to make an eavesdropping facility and we got people who are homeless in America? That makes no sense. That baffles me. They plan to focus on the U.S. The U.S. officials call it a brash new geopolitical challenge by Beijing to the U.S. If true, why do we have open borders with young sing single Chinese men pouring in illegally? Why do we have NATO and biolabs in Ukraine on Russia's borders? Didn't we open a lot of doors for this to happen? I like answers. So, having an eavesdropping facility in Cuba which is 100 miles from Florida, would allow Chinese intelligence services to scoop up electronic communication throughout the southeastern U.S., where many military bases are located. And monitor U.S. ship traffic, Re report the WSJ. Why are we selling land and farms to Chinese communists 
right near sensitive military bases. I'm just wondering. So, this more from the WSJ. Officials familiar with the matter said that China has agreed to pay cash-strapped Cuba several billion dollars to allow it to build the eavesdropping station and that the two countries had reached an agreement in principle. The revelation about the planned site has sparked alarm within the Biden administration because of the Cuba's proximity to the U.S. mainland. Washington regards Beijing as its most significant economic and military rival. A Chinese base with advanced military and intelligence capabilities in the U.S. backyard could be an unprecedented new threat. While I cannot speak to this specific report, we are all well aware of and have spoken many times to the People's Republic of China's effort to invest in infrastructure around the world that may have military purpose, including in, in this hemisphere. John Kirby, spokesman of the National Security Council, said, We monitor it closely, take steps to counter it, and remain confident that we are able to meet all our security commitments at home in the regions and around the world. The Biden administration is concerned. Then close the borders and tell Ukraine to make a deal to remain neutral. Stop selling our land, business, and farms to China. What are you doing out there, Biden? What is the shadow president telling Joe Biden to do? That's all we need to know. Hello, everyone. What's good? What's going on? Let's see how the U.S. lied for decades about recovering non-human aircraft. So, an Air Force veteran who also worked in intelligence says U.S. government retrieved alien spacecraft and hit it. There's a there's a sophisticated disinformation campaign targeting the U.S. public. A new report from the debrief reveals that a whistleblower who served as a top official in intelligence has given Congress and intelligence community inspector general extensive classified information about deeply covert programs that he says possesses retrieved intact and partially intact craft of non-human origin. There are multiple whistleblowers confirming the information. The American public has been lied to for decades. And David Charles Grouch, a decorated former combat officer and Air Force veteran, claims that secret U.S. military programs have been retrieving vehicles of non-human origin for several decades. The Air Force whistleblower has served in various intelligent roles, including as a representative to Congress, Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force, 
Bruch spoke with news station Monday. He said they retrieved non-human origin technical vehicles, non-human exotic origin vehicles that have either landed or crashed. Um, a former U.S. intelligence officer claims a classified program has recovered UFO wreckage of non-human origin. And this is a, a report on why the Air Force veteran is taking his claim to Congress. Hmm. Intelligence officials say the U.S. has retrieved craft of non-human origin. We are not alone in the universe, but somehow I still feel alone as a UFO enthusiast. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. All right. Hmm. What? One World Government Pride Flag Flying Rockefeller Center? New York City is now called a global city. And to back that up, instead of the 193 flags of sovereign nations representing the 193 members of the UN, they're flying all kinds of flags temporarily. Last year, Rockefeller Center announced a collaboration with the United Nations Environment Program and the Climate Museum to accept crowdsourced flag designs to hang in, in place of the flags of nations. This year, Rockefeller Center is working in collaborations with City Harvest, a food rescue program. They have run the flag project annually in Rockefeller Center since 2020. Some of the entries are in the first photo. Hmm. This week they have pride flags. You can see them in the second photo. Whenever I see flags like these or rainbow flags, I think it's to diminish the meaning of the U.S. flag and all the flags of the sovereign nations. We have a one world government pride flag 193 times this week. If this isn't a message from the UN, WEF, and other globalists, what is? That is crazy. Why? Why? Why, why is that happening? Oh, oh, shoot. Oh, shoot. New York judge. Illegals have the right to travel freely to other counties. People enter a sovereign nation illegally, and the judge rules that we have to grant them the right to travel around freely. So they can come here illegally, but we got to grant them the right to travel around freely. That makes no sense. The court agrees with plaintiffs that there is enough on the record, and as reflected during the oral argument, that invidious the discriminatory concerns were one of the motivating factors for the issuance of the Rockland EO. The story, a federal judge ruled Monday that the state of the emergency declaration by Rockland in Orange County to prevent New York City from renting rooms there for some asylum seekers, illegal aliens who have arrived in the city are unconstitutional. District Court Judge Nelson S. Roman granted the New York Civil Liberty Union's motion for a preliminary 
preliminary injunction barring the counties from enforcing their executive orders targeting recently arrived immigrants. They're not immigrants or asylum seekers. They're illegal aliens. The ACLU is always looking for the un-American ruling. The ACLU birthed by the Soviets, and that's what they are again. They claim it's discrimination in the plaintiff's rights to travel freely within New York State were violated. They claimed it's based on national origin and allegiance. How did people breaking our laws coming in illegally get rights? And why must we pay for them? So the people who came here illegally get rights before the people who were born here got to fight for their rights. That is not, that's not sound. In his ruling, Judge Roman said, even during oral, oral argue, argument, counsel for the Rockland County defendant indicated that financial concerns was just one consideration, but concerns regarding life, liberty, and property was another major concern. When asked what counsel meant by life, liberty, and property, counsel indicated that there would be public safety concerns and repeated that the having 340 single unemployed men coming through the program would cause mayhem. No further satisfactory explanation was given by counsel when asked to explain what was meant by mayhem or where the basis for that concern came from. Therefore, based on the record, the court agrees with plaintiffs that there is enough on the record and as reflected during the oral argument that invidious discriminatory discriminatory concerns were one of the motivating factors for the issuance of the Rockland EO. How about they're here illegally and should go home? Today's decision sends a loud and clear message not only to Rockland and Orange Counties, but to all of the counties who have issued these discriminatory executive orders the Constitution does not allow you to build walls around your city, around your county limits. Amy Belcher, Director of Immigrants' Rights Litigation at the New York Civil Liberty Union, said, instead of playing politics with the lives of some of the most vulnerable, our state must uphold its legacy of being a beacon of refuge and new beginnings. Rockland County Executive Ed Day said his administration is considering all legal options, including an appeal of the decision. The decision does not affect the existing temporary restraining orders issued by the state judge. These people are heading to New York City because it is a sanctuary, a sanctuary city. And instead of living up to that declaration of sanctuary, Mayor Eric Adams and the city are exporting them to neighboring 
municipalities across the state of New York, including Rockland County. That is a crazy way to go. That is so crazy.